Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, guess what? What? We've booked a live show. We've booked a Christmas show. It's on the 2nd of December at the Clapham Grand in London. Oh Yay! my God. We're going to see each other's faces. We're going to see each other's bodies and so on. <laughs> I'm just genuinely deliriously happy that we're going to see each other in the flesh and hopefully we're going to see some of you as well. So tickets you can get from claphamgrand.com. If you're not in London, then you can also buy tickets to watch on the stream. Yeah, so anywhere in the world, it will be at seven o'clock UK time. So whatever time that is in your country, it will be streaming live. And there's two shows. We're doing two shows. So it's going to be two hours of entertainment. Two fantastic guests. The second show will be a lot drunker than the first. So <laughs> wherever you are in the world, it's OK to get drunk because it will be drinking time in London. Join us, please. Also, because of COVID, it is now a requirement that you have to buy two tickets at a time. Now, if you're like me and you like to go to shit alone, don't worry. We can hook you up with another person that's going on their own, pair you up, make sure that your personalities match. We'll do a full psych profile and we'll get you together. How's that sound? Do you know what? That sounds perfect. If you're like Taylor and your husband will no longer go to things with you, that's Clapham Ground, 2nd of December. Buy tickets online. Come to the live stream. It's going to be so much fun. Christmas show. Christmas show. Christmas show. Cool. Longest ad ever. <laughs> Tickets you can get from Crapham Gland. Don't say that. The Crapham Gland. Oh my Our God. new sponsor. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Drunk women. Drunk women solving crime. 
is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. The first details of this case are, is, I've been drinking. (laughs) Wash your hands before dinner and never touch a dead body. (laughs) Yeah. God, the shame of not even having a husband to kill you. I mean, my God. When are you going to let me pork you? Which is not a vegan question either, (laughs) to be honest. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. It's my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the author and pop sensation, Ariane Sharif. Hey, thank you for having me. It's really exciting. Thank you for being with us. So nice to see your face <laughs> and meet you virtually. Obviously, you know Katie a little bit. I feel like yeah. we should do the big reveal because you guys were roommates yeah. at one point. Yeah, we lived together yeah. and it was almost in the same room, wasn't it, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate when people talk about roommate situations, though, when they're in their 20s and it's obviously a really nice place. It's like, you did not do your time. <laughs> you know, you did <laughs> not be earn. Fair, it wasn't really like, it was tiny, but I loved it. Oh, I loved it, it too. Was, like, awesome. I love drinking tea with oh. you and talking about your new relationship with your now husband. Oh, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> well, I can think of no better segue than to ask, Ariane, have you ever been the victim <laughs> of a um yes yes I have um when I was in my late teens I think I was about 19 I was in Topshop Oxford Circus you know like the biggest clothing store in all of Europe yes and I was on the bottom floor and I was trying on wigs and like really silly wigs like (laughs) you know bright red crazy wigs Tina Turner style wigs all these wigs and I made the mistake of putting down my bag uh-oh. And when I turned around, it had gone. <gasps> I know. Oh. So obviously I had to take off the wig before I, like, reported it. <laughs> that would have been kind of stupid and embarrassing. I said what had happened, and the security, they did not care. Because, like, it oh. wasn't one of the, you know, it wasn't, like, top shop stuff. If I'd stolen a wig, I would have been in trouble. But somebody just oh. stole my bag, and, you know, they didn't care. Oh. So they told me to report it to the police. So I went to the police okay. station because um, it had 250 quid in the bag um, takings from the previous night's work. Oh, oh Went to the police station, met this hot policeman. Oh, okay. <laughs> and okay, keep going. Started, okay, started dating him. For, yeah. <gasps> oh, dear. I'm not sure they're allowed to do that. I'm not sure they are either. I know. He told me some terrible things about um, the police. <gasps> he said that sometimes, he was. I don't think he was a very nice policeman, he said that sometimes <gasps> they would give them a jacket potato and beans, the, the, like if they were in the cells, the inmates, yeah. as they're being held. Oh, I thought you meant the police, and I'm like, can't we do better? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I stand by that <laughs> for people in jails too. Yeah, so yeah. They gave them jacket potato and beans because it's like a vegan okay. meal that everybody can eat it. Yeah. Sure, sure. And they would spit in it. Oh, no, and that's then, horrible. And then they'd have to eat it anyway. <laughs> I'm sure not all policemen do that. I'm sure lots of police are really lovely. Well, I'm I mean, not sure about now, that. to be fair, a lot of stuff has come out about the police lately that's not lovely. So. <laughs> 
We have only recently learned. <laughs> Do you know what's... I, yeah. I mean, you know what's sad about this, though, is I, I always sort of defend British police because I think on the whole, they're a little bit better than American cops. So this this right. could be a slippery slope into some real realizations for old Taylor Glenn here. Oh. Some, uh, <laughs> some bad nuggets. Guns, but they could still be white supremacists. <laughs> wow. Like, why the need? There's so much I could, like, deconstruct about that like really you look down on people that you have in custody and also like that then becomes not a vegan meal (laughs) (laughs) is it still veggie pescatarian i guess right did did they spit in front of them yeah so it was like a fuck you yeah 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 i I work in mcdonald's (laughs) i think it was like oh you have to eat it anyway yeah yeah Yeah. it's really mean so mean i totally went off him and (laughs) And I refused. Very glad to hear that, actually. Well, I've been out with him for a little bit longer because I was only young. But then he asked me the most romantic question I have ever been asked by a bloke, which was, when are you going to let me pork you? Which is not a vegan question either, (laughs) to be honest. Wow, this guy sounds fucking awful. Like, we've had some real cunts on the show, but my God. Yeah. 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 Wow. wow, Sorry, not on the show. Like, I mean, we've talked about them. Like, that sounds like I'm We've heard tell of cunts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a funny turn of phrase though because in the states we call cops pigs oh yeah, yes yeah. yes what jokes on him that yeah. is the only word for sex yeah. is pork <laughs> i never saw a bag theft story on oxford street going this way so i will say yeah. this has had some twists and turns this is some very good intel on the corrupt police force that we need to investigate <laughs> yeah we'll look into that and they sold wigs at top shop i need to backpedal just <laughs> to that detail to the basement <laughs> No, I've never been in... Oh, yeah, I've been in Topshop. There's a basement with wigs? And it's got, like, toilets, which I found out. Every time I would go to Oxford Street, I'm like, Topshop toilets, gonna have a piss before my meeting. That sort of thing. Do you put a, a wig on and then have a piss? Because that would be great. Yeah, I do, because I'm actually tall enough for the um, things not to go off, the security things as you walk through. Um... Oh, that's so good. I had another question, which I like weird little details. I'm sorry, but do you remember the wig? you were wearing when you discovered that your bag was gone like I just wondered if that was burnt into your brain like oh yeah it was a red I think it was a bright sort of red pink flaming red sort of wig (laughs) that looked like completely unnatural like a big long one and I was so excited to try it on and I just didn't think about my bag. Oh. Big mistake in the middle of London. Big mistake. But at least you got to pork an asshole. So. <laughs> no, no, we don't no. know that. Oh, we don't know that. Oh, did you not? No, you did not. I didn't. I did not. Did you say no I said, to the pork? I said I, was, <laughs> I refused to pork him. And then he uttered <laughs> the immortal words, you could give me a blowy instead. I've got a tangerine condom. And he pulled out a tangerine flavored oh. orange condom like it was, was it christmas oh, no <laughs> like it was the tangerine that was gonna swing it like oh no it's tangerine of course yeah oh, right no. yeah. that's my favorite second favorite condom flavor oh, right man. after strawberry <laughs> vanilla oh my wow. god terry's chocolate orange condom though i'd blow anybody <laughs> I mean, I'd give that one a go. <laughs> give it a go. Just, again, for a bit of festive fun, we'll look into that. I, w- I want to um, see how similar to the two. 
The, the correct taste it is. Could you imagine as well what if a there was job to be a condom taste tester? Because they've got to do a little bit of testing, Indeed, right? They, they can't just put it, it on the market. Set up like, oh, it has to be my real penis, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking about just like hitting a dick and it kind of like falling into ten different pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really bang it on the table. Oh my god! How did we get here, guys? <laughs> it doesn't awesome. matter. How we got? I love, I love how we get there. Ariane, we always ask if you had the perpetrator in the room with you. Don't worry, they can't hurt you. They can't talk back. No harm will be done to you. Can say anything you want, do anything you want. What would you do? I would tell them that what they'd done was very bad. <laughs> sounds like I'm talking to my daughter now, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, um, it'd be like reasonable. <laughs> Well, the thing was that it had 250 quid in that bag. And I had spent the previous night dancing, belly dancing for lecherous men. And and that's that's not a fun job. And um, when you belly dance, you belly dance with bare feet. And there's always all kinds of rubbish on the club floor. So you get black feet that are covered in like dust and grime. And then generally, at least one person has like smashed a glass so sometimes you get little bits of glass embedded in your feet as well so it is a hard dirty job (laughs) and it's exhausting and um yeah yeah, so I had my 250 quid and then I didn't have my 250 quid so I would I would bring home to them that you know that it's it's like you should try being like trying to evade the grabs of lecherous men for like four hours while you jiggle and wiggle and that and that was just at the police station (laughs) 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 yeah that is horrible when it's like that really stings because that's such a jackpot for them yeah that was proper hard yeah 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 it's miserable but it's okay i am older and wiser now in fact i'm over twice the age that i was back then so yeah i know so it was literally over half my life ago isn't that crazy i'm the same age as you we're not old enough for that (laughs) (laughs) according to katie's wikipedia page (laughs) come on acting age 26 sorry sorry i'm I'm proud proud. i don't want to have to question detective pork on that as well like how old were you (laughs) i was 13 and i went into the station oh yeah okay thank you very much for sharing that that again just didn't see it going in any of those directions but that's what we do here on the the drunk force so thank you fuck robbers (laughs) but fuck the police (laughs) now it's time for drunk women solving crime excited about this one it's a little it's a little different i brought something just just a little different i'll give you the background this came to us in a roundabout way which i will explain from lauren who lovely lauren runs the wonderful no context drunk women solving crime account oh she's so good twitter she's so good we never asked her to do this she asked us if it would be okay and we're like tweet quotes that we've said yes please okay and she's i swear she's funnier than all of us like she's so yeah so genuinely it's so actually witty. really yeah. annoying because that should be quoting stuff we've said and i'll be like but she's made it 10 times funnier this is not on <laughs> but thank Her you lead in line is the best part <laughs> yeah she curates some pretty ridiculous quotes imagine that so yeah follow it it's at no context dwp but Lauren's from Devon, I found out from her email, and so she sent me a local case that she had found in the official inquest records 
for Devon. Wow. But she sent me the actual link to those official records, and I went down a West Country crime rabbit hole one evening. Like I couldn't stop reading these old inquests, okay. and I got out of bedtime. I didn't have to put my kid to bed. I'm like, <laughs> working. I'm working. I'm researching. Working, right? I was working. So yeah, this case jumped out at me. So it's a different one than the one she sent, which we may well do another time. This is the only case I've ever done where there's just one source for it. Ooh. So there's not a whole lot of detail, but there is so much interesting detail. So from the official inquest of Devon, the first details of this case are, is, I've been drinking. <laughs> A dead body is discovered face down on a beach in Devon just before 3 a.m. on the 5th of July, 1871. Detectives, is the body male or female? Face down, 1871. I love when Katie clarifies details like that. Like, if it were face up and 10 years earlier. <laughs> that's a man, no question. <laughs> I remember we did the um, we did the Somerton man once, and that was a man found dead on a beach in Australia. So yes, I indeed. think this might be a woman found dead on That's a beach, good. just for diversity reasons. I think we need, yeah, just for like yeah, make sure that we've got a good gender balance. Woman. Fair enough. I'm also leaning towards woman. Like the Somerton man was kind of almost placed strategically sitting up, wasn't he? Yeah, like, it was a bit theatrical. Uh -huh. Whereas I feel like. Anytime there's kind of like a missing woman and she's found face down, she's probably been... It's, I don't know. I feel like it's a woman, is my own. There's answer. a vulnerability to that, right? Like something's happened and this is but just, it's, that's how it's... Yeah, it's like a fuck you. It's, it's like a disrespectful Ooh. femicide, are we calling it? These killings? Anyway, continue. Okay. Okay, so two votes for it being a woman. Ariane, what do you Well, think? I was trying to think about, like lying face down and if you're a man and you're lying face down would it hurt your willy if you had a very big willy <laughs> or if it was a woman if you had big boobs would it hurt your boobs that kind of thing right. so i was like you know <laughs> but if, so, if they were dead anyway then it wouldn't matter i guess i'm glad that you came to that point <laughs> right yeah we've got to clarify what the, the body is yeah <laughs> so what do we think so, Ariane, are you going male Oh, I'll go woman. Yeah, why not? Okay, well, a unanimous woman. You guys are all correct. <gasps> Excellent. Yay. I mean, don't don't I mean, sound too excited that there's a lady. dead woman on the beach in 1871. Okay, so it's it's 3 a.m. Who discovers the body first? Well, who's out at 3 a.m. in 1871? That's oh. question. Do you think it's like a smuggler and then Ooh. and then they've realized, ah, oh, shit, I'm smuggling, but I've got to help this woman or I've got to at least say something. So maybe they say they're jogging because joggers always find their bodies. Oh, so a smuggler that claims they're a jogger. Yeah. I would love okay. to know what joggers were in 1871. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of like jogging being a thing, but they're Actually, in like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good murder excuse in 1871. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go um, fisherman. Nice. Okay. Using the old logic on the force. Yeah, because they had to stuff. go up early to gut the fish and stuff, so they could have been. Ooh. I mean, it was more like 5 a.m., but 3 a.m., maybe they were getting their nets ready. Right. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Ariane, who do you think it was? Oh, well, I was thinking, like, maybe a dog walker, but, the, I mean, it's going to be a, like, <laughs> a strange time to walk your dog, isn't it? Um, unless you yeah. had, like, a particularly nocturnal dog. 
<laughs> I think that's a pretty good guess, actually. I can totally yeah. picture, like, dogs have always woken up at weird hours, haven't they? And right? also, isn't um, it a thing that, like, I mean, I'm, this is old Hannah George making up a statistic now, but it's something like love it. 70% of murders that are reported are reported by the murderer, i.e. because yeah. a lot of people are killed by people they know. But that's because, yeah, they it's statistically they know them. Ooh. Yes. Well, also, hang on, now, this was June or July. It's not going to uh, be like an equinox thing or anything. July, 5th of July. That's not the longest day of the year, is it? No. No, but that's a good, it's a good thing to think about because it wouldn't have been too long for the sun coming up. Who discovers the body first? Katie, you were correct. Fisherman! Yeah, well, okay, so it was a boatman, so I think he did a little bit of everything and apparently what they would do is swap Coast Guard duties so anybody that was, you know, sea-worthy would, like, take a turn on the old Coast Guard duty. It was a boatman whose name was George Brown. And my next question is, does George Brown leave the body or does he take it somewhere else? I think he moves it from, because I think in those days you probably didn't, you know, these days you know that there's going to be evidence all around the place. But I think back in the olden timey days, you might just be a bit like, there's a dead body on the beach and maybe the tide's coming in. Who knows? So there might be reason for him. So I think, I think he moves it, but he does it because he has reasons. Okay. That's good, actually. Yeah, he moves it because there's no forensic protocol and he has to get it off the beach because it's going to smell because there's no freezers. <laughs> We're so smart. We know all the stuff. Yeah, we, we know loads of stuff, Ariane. <laughs> You're really impressed with us. Ariane, any impressed. different take on that? Do you think he left the body? Do you think he took it? Oh, maybe I would... I don't know. I mean, leaving it seems to be the sensible thing to do. Just... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with he left it. Okay. Okay. I thought the same thing. I was like, just because it's so programmed into me, like I would never touch a dead body. Um, First thing I learned as a kid, don't touch the dead body. Come across (laughs) Taylor. Wash your hands before dinner and never touch a dead body. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, Hannah George, spot on, had to do with the tides. The tide was out when she was found, so he was worried the body would be washed away. Smile of white coming out. (laughs) I was going to say. But also, yeah, there just wasn't really as strict of a protocol to follow so he takes it somewhere else and we'll talk about where that somewhere else was but first some questions about how inquests into suspicious deaths even worked in the 1800s question how soon following a suspicious death did an inquest take place oh i would imagine it would have to be pretty soon just because of the fact that we they wouldn't really have refrigeration would they yeah i was leaning towards that too yeah i agree so i don't know if you'll think this is soon enough or not but it was 48 hours it had to happen within 48 hours okay but yeah i sort of thought so much can happen in that length of time. And I, I suppose it's not that different from today. Like by the time an inquest happens, it's not immediate, but. I've watched Midsummer Murders and they like do the whole thing in two hours. So yeah. <laughs> it's a great documentary series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, question. I have so many questions on this one. So much fun. Who was in, <laughs> who was in charge of deciding whether the death was indeed suspicious or not? So who do you think was in charge of all this? They've got a police Force, right at this point in time there are police indeed yeah the crime gets reported to the police first is it a, a chief of police or a doctor or the mayor or somebody <laughs> just you just named just some important people any, a person of authority is my answer <laughs> i've got yep, a feeling a... it was probably a man <laughs> how did you guess i feel like when you listed all those people katie one of them probably was this so yeah, here's how it works the police would get notified but there was a court Coroner headed up 
this investigation. Now, they either came from a legal or a medical background, and they were appointed for life by the county. But there were also, there was a jury of between 12 to 24 persons. And when I say persons, I do mean men. (laughs) And when I say men, I mean men of substantial standing. Wow. So basically, whoever had money and power got to decide whether something was suspicious or not. Sounds foolproof, doesn't it? Uh Ay, ay, ay. So also this jury got to do things like examine the body. They could go to the scene. Like they were sort of the investigators, the detectives of the day, but they didn't really have any training. So they're just like looking at a body, poking at it, trying to figure out. They're just rich voyeurs. They're rich voyeurs. Where did inquest take place? I mean... Let's go the doctor's living room. <laughs> That's a good guess. Then the wife can bring the tea and the sandwiches. Yeah. Very smart. Like, the church was a big thing back then, wasn't it? So I don't know if they might have had, like, a place in the church. That's a very good guess. It's an on-brand guess. guess. <laughs> so <laughs> possibly they might have had some sort of room there. I don't know. I'm just guessing. No, no that's we're all a just guessing. Guess. Good. Uh, and also, it would have been cold in there. They could have kept the body. Oh, um, yeah. That's cold. Yeah. yeah. And God, then God just tells you. And then they would have taken the body there at some Which point. God I'm... just goes suspicious through the window. <laughs> You don't have to do the hard yards. Hannah George. I like the idea of the pub. I think those kind of like <laughs> Devonshire pubs. Oh, uh, shut up. Am I correct? <gasps> Fucking yes. They did it in the pub. Yeah, wow. literally. I've based that on the fact that I watched Fisherman's Friends, which was this movie Yay. about the Cornwall guys who sing sea, sea shanties. And oh they made all their God. decisions in the pub. And I was like, that, that feels right. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. Don't start reading books, Hannah, because you have learned everything you need to know from TV shows. Yeah. They're number one. It happened in other buildings sometimes. Their number one choice was the pub. I mean, if that was an option. They're taking it seriously as we are. (laughs) I know. I thought like justice in the 19th century literally relied on drunk men solving crime. Wow. That's great. So back to our case, guys. Now that you're in on the process, was the woman able to be identified? I suppose it depends what had happened to her before... She was face down. Yes. I mean, if they'd mashed in her face with a shovel or something, possibly yeah. not, because they didn't have dental records back then, did they? Yes. They did not. Excellent answer. Well, it depends if she's been washed up or not, because if... Ah. Yeah, how long ah. was she at sea? Well, because I immediately, actually, when, I, when we said that there was a body on the beach, for some reason I just didn't even think about the fact that she was, she'd been washed up. I thought that she'd just been killed on the beach. And then, of course, mm. it stands to reason that actually she could have been dead for a very long time so i suppose it completely depends doesn't it but also in salt water maybe she could have lasted a bit longer or something i don't know it's very sad but it just depends doesn't it you guys those are both awesome guesses and see i'm preoccupied now that we know that it's like all these rich men in charge they could have just like killed her and then you know fudged all the they're like oh yeah you know i can totally just get away with this yeah so now i'm like Maybe they couldn't identify her because it's you've got your suspicion the, hat the, on. Yeah, yeah, I've got my suspicion hat on, you guys. And like, please but, visit our merch <laughs> website. <laughs> so if we'll get those made, if they were in the pub doing the inquest, would they be drunk men solving crime? Yeah, they would. Mm. I don't see how they couldn't be. They would. I mean, you don't go to the pub and get lime and soda. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a very broke comedian. Unless you're really thirsty. Yeah, that's true. 35p, you can't beat that. Oh, I get lots of lime and soda. (laughs) There's no shame in that. 
So she was able to be identified, for sure. George, who discovered the body, his first statement was, no, I don't recognize her. So he had carried the body, obviously looked at her, had no idea who she was. But then later, according to the inquest, he ran into somebody who said, hey, Helen Balkwell is missing. And he went, oh, my God. Oh, yes, I know who she is. That's who the body is. Okay, so that was his story. That's his story. Statement. Now, and how, like, from what Hannah and Ariane said, was yeah. she mushed up or was she fresh? Could you have identified her? You could have identified her, yes. You could, so right. he could have recognised her quite easily. Yes. I have to repeat that you just asked if a body was fresh or mushed up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we edit that out. No, I don't think so. I think those are the official terms in 1871. Imagine how they were speaking back then. Come on, we're very, very... We might cut it out. We'll see. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun to decide. We'll have an inquest about the inquest episode. Stop making it funnier because we have to keep it in. (laughs) That's my specialism. (laughs) Saving something controversial. Was Helen married, guys? I can't believe I didn't ask this first. It's the most important question. Was Helen married or was she a single woman? Did somebody own her? Often it's the husband, isn't it? So Yes. So maybe she... Yes. Is she in more danger or less danger if she's married? God, the shame of not even having a husband to kill you. I mean, my God. <laughs> Back then, everybody was married, weren't they? Even like when they were like yes. 17 or 16. Yes. Then. Yeah, they got married super young. So statistically, she was likely to be married. Did we ascertain yeah. how old she is? Or is that coming? No. And do you know what's funny? Nowhere in this do they say how old she is. And that feels like kind of an important detail. Interesting. We can assume that she's she's quite young. I It sounds like she's probably early 20s I'm guessing okay then yeah married okay um she was married and I can't get over what a depressing question that is like are you in more danger in this era if you're married or single and like I'm honestly like you're fucked either way it's so depressing (laughs) she was married in fact she was a newlywed who'd married her husband Henry Balkwell just one month earlier Uh in June well, he's what? just become my number one suspect. Okay, was it George before? But now we're under Henry, maybe? Yeah. Let's see. What was Helen wearing when her body was discovered? Well, whatever it was, it was her fault. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, said the 12 upstanding men in the pub. I think possibly. I mean, is, if he genuinely didn't recognise her, could she be dressed as a man, for example? Because uh-huh. she, she was... I'm desperate to get a smuggler in. She was a smuggler. And, <gasps> you know, like, is there a kind of twist to it that, you know... I love that. I really want that to be what's happened. That would be brilliant. But my counterpoint to that, which is way more depressing, is... She was in a nighty because he killed her in the night time and then took her body to the beach at 3 a.m. Okay. or whatever it was. Ariane, any advance on these disturbing Wild. details? Ooh. <laughs> well, he could have killed her in the evening when she was in a sort of gown or something. Yes. And yes. then dragged her to the beach. So maybe, maybe she was wearing an evening dress. Okay. Ooh, like a fancy Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. With pearls. Yeah. <laughs> Wowzers. Katie, you're correct. She was in a night dress, a night jacket, stockings, and boots. Okay, Mm. so it sounds as though she's left 
the house in her. This feels like a volatile relationship and she's run away from the husband and he's chased her and killed her. I'm sorry to go dark. No, 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 no. It's, um, I think when you have to speculate about a crime, that's where it goes. Like, like she's got boots on Anna Nighty. That is an yeah. unplanned escape. I mean... I will obviously save what happens for the end, but I can already tell you you're doing a m- 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 much better job than I think this panel did. I'll just I'll just throw that out there. Was there anything unusual about any of the items of clothing that I've mentioned? Was anything awry? The jacket, nighty, and boots and stockings. Night dress, night jacket, stockings, and boots. Well, apart from the were the boots and the jacket potentially were they? I mean, I don't know why I'm constantly putting her in men's clothing, but were they? Did they belong to the husband, for example? So she uh-huh. literally just pulled the first thing on because perhaps she was trying to get away from wherever she was. But it's summer, but it would have been cold outside, I guess. Mm. Yeah, cold for um, a nighty. Well, I'll tell you, the only thing that was awry was that her boots were untied. So they made a note of that. Hmm. So just hold on to that. Where did George take the body? So we know that he moved it. Where do you take a body from the beach? Pub, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Lime and soda? No? You're good? Okay. Look what I found. Yeah, mine's a pint. Where do you take a body? Well, maybe it's like to jump on what Ryan said. Like, is it the church? Because maybe there's a crypt. Ah, yeah. Or, you know, can somewhere cold. And also respectfully. Yeah, yeah. That might be a respectful place to take her. Uh, Depending how in on it George is. Because if George is in on it, then maybe he takes her straight back to the husband. Yeah, the fact that changed his story was like, I have to protect the powerful men and say I don't know her. Oh, are we going with the new story of, oh, it... Yeah, of course it's that woman. Like, it feels like he's at best a coward. Any other police station, maybe. If there's a police station, station, he takes her to the police station. I'm going with the church. Um, I think think that would be... Because you wouldn't imagine that anybody would tamper with it because they wouldn't be in the church in the middle of the night, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd be in serious trouble if they did tamper with it in a church, like, for their beliefs and stuff. Drunk women solving crime. Exciting news, Claxon. Burp, burp. That's a klaxon. I used to think the word klaxon was from Star Trek, by the way. Anyway, CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London in June 2021. So come along and get inside the criminal mind. How often can an event offer that? I mean, hardly ever, right? Also, learn from leading criminologists, immerse yourself in forensic evidence and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. And meet your favourite true crime podcasters. <coughs> CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend, and we will be there all weekend. So come and join us, quote, DWSC, and get a 10% discount. Limited tickets are on sale now. For more information, visit crimecon.co.uk. CrimeCon. 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 (laughs) Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So he took it to a lime kiln. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to need a bit more information about that, Taylor. <laughs> so a lime kiln. I should have like looked up exactly. No, I did. I did look up what it looks no, like. Quarry. So. No, so a, a proper kiln within a building, but there's like a kiln master. Now I'm calling him that. I don't think it's actually called a kiln master who lives in the building. Okay. So they basically just shovel lime in and then it reduces it down to, I forget what it's called, lime, simple lime. What, limestone or lime the fruit? Stone, stone, stone. Okay, okay. My first instinct was correct. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> With a twist of lime kiln. Yeah, so for whatever reason, he goes and seeks help from the man who lives in the kiln. They take a door off of its hinges, lay the body on the door, put the body in a cellar and lock the door. And then George went to tell a police officer what had happened. Okay. Did George report seeing any footprints or other evidence uh, which would suggest a struggle had occurred on the beach? Well, he was so dark, even if he had one of the flaming sticks, I call them, but they're called, um, what are they called? <laughs> torch. Yeah, like a kind of torch, you know, like the fire or one of the lanterns, for example. Mm. Yeah. I think it would probably be quite hard to sort of see footprints maybe at that time of night in the dark it's the middle of the night he's come across this body he's going to be freaking out he's like there's a dead lady he's not going to be like are there footprints he's not going to look for evidence mm. i don't think not a priority no 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 by the sounds of things see, he barely looked at her face so although the see the thing is i'm gonna say it's 3 a.m it's yeah. getting light that's proper high summer whatever we're calling it mm-hmm. that works the night is short it's near i remember having a sleepover when i was 15 and we were like all right let's definitely go to sleep we turned off the lights at 3 a.m and it was basically daylight we were like Mm -hmm. oh shit it's morning time and we've like only just decided to go to sleep so i think it was light enough that he could have seen footprints okay he had wanted to or been looking for them Mm -hmm. the fact that he says he doesn't recognize this woman makes me wonder if he's in on whatever conspiracy this is of the murderer because this is like bros before hoes isn't it i love hearing how you guys think by the way i just want to throw it out there so george did not report seeing any footprints or any sign of a struggle so this all comes down to george founder he's the only one that can report what that beach looked like like yeah. what that body looked like in that moment. Because tides come in. Tides come in. Can't take they a can't. photograph. <clears throat> nope. Nope, it's gone. Did Henry, who is Helen's husband, notice that she was missing? What was his statement? He's an abusive liar, so I can't <laughs> work out what his statement's going to be. <laughs> She's got to have left the house for a reason, and you don't leave the house in the middle of the night unless you've got a serious reason, yes. especially in your nighty. So she must have fled him, yeah. I reckon. She's definitely fled him. He's going to either claim that she's fucking sleepwalking. She's a crazy bitch and I'm the innocent victim kind of story. Whatever the 1871 version of, oh man, she's such a crazy bitch that I've been married to for a month and now she's dead. Oh, I guess I get to marry someone else now. Like, whatever the fuck that is. Or sleepwalking. I'm going to go sleepwalking. Sorry, I'm going to stop talking over everyone. Female. <laughs> no, you're not. It's not so, at all. It's not good. at all. Kate, if you'd noticed, you were talking and I talked over you and you apologised to me. That is a true female workplace. <laughs> that is also a British workplace. That's like... <laughs> I mean, I, that's, yeah, I knew I couldn't go back to the States because now I apologize when someone like hits me on the street with their body. I'm like, sorry that I was in your way. They're going to wipe the floor with you in the States. (laughs) 
That's why I just don't go back that often and I stick with my family when I do. Um, I think one thing in terms of this, if, if yeah. your husband didn't know she was missing, because it's, uh, you know, my immediate instinct was that she had run from something at home, mm. but, but perhaps she was meeting someone on the beach. Perhaps this was a sort of, I don't know, uh-huh. maybe she was meeting a lover. Oh, I so want the smuggler thing to be true. Yeah, okay. You're a lover, you're a smuggler, you're a midnight <laughs> something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a nice, that's kind of a nice version I of it. I love the hugger. That's, yeah. So here's part of why I chose this case. Because these are official records. This is the official account of like, we've done the work. Here's all the stuff we found. They used to publish these in the newspaper. So they're public knowledge. They think it's kosher and they've worked super hard. The inquest itself states two different times and two different stories from the husband. Like I seriously did a double take. I'm like, what? But that's not what, what? How can this be? So the first mention of Henry giving these statements says that Helen was missing around 4 a.m. And he did notice he woke up and sort of perceived that she wasn't there. So that would have been an hour after the body was discovered. He said that he went downstairs to check for her, found that the door was unlocked, was suspicious. And then the second mention towards the end of the inquest says Henry didn't notice she was gone until 5.30 a.m. And he took no notice of it because they were expecting company that day. So he figured she had woken up early to prepare for this picnic that they were going to host, right? Then later, he says that he called out to her thinking maybe she's not in the house and the housekeeper answers back. And that's the moment that he started to worry, but not before then. The housekeeper says she doesn't know where Helen is. Do we know where Helen is? Well, we don't know, but you have to think it's like 6 a.m. Well, no, he said 5.30 a.m. was when he first even noticed he was awake and thought, oh, no, she's just planning the picnic because why would I be doing that shit? I'm just here to enjoy the picnic. I'd like to think that even in 1871, if you saw that in the paper, you'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, these are two totally different stories where people just like, meh. Anyway, so that's a little bit more info. Question, did did Henry and Helen have a happy marriage by whatever accounts they sought out? I'm not sure what those are, but... I've got to go with no. My gut says no. I think it's pretty hard to have a happy marriage back then if you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's all arranged and they can do what they want to you because you're not a person. Yeah, and you're subjugated and it's just, it sounds horrible. It's happiness as defined by the man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also the idea of like me not being in bed at 5.30 and Toby just being like, I bet she's whipping up something in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's pounding some dough for a pie for me. Yeah, almost the expectation of that tells you so much that like, oh, that could be what she's doing. Yeah, she just loves doing all this loads of extra work that I didn't have to do. She just loves it. And did he feel like emasculated because he's like, yeah, I woke up at four and I just sensed she wasn't there. And then they're like, okay, bro, whatever. Perceiving your wife's not there. Somebody's whipped. (laughs) (laughs) So by all accounts, they had a very happy marriage. No quarrels at all. Oh, really? There's no previous of beatings or mother-in-law that's unhappy with him? Not that we know of, but again, they've only been married a month. Like, give it time and it will go sour. Yeah. Um, They're in but, the first flush. So according to Henry, they had gone to bed around 10 p.m. the night before. They were both really happy. And the last thing that Helen had spoken about was hosting the people the next day at the picnic. Um, and he said that she was extremely cheerful about it. And it made a point of saying, Henry fell asleep before she did. And I just immediately thought, like, I bet that was fucking mid-sentence. Like, I bet she was like, should I? Do they eat ham? Should I? Henry? Henry? 
So, I brought up this picnic a couple times. What is significant about this picnic? Why do you think it's even mentioned in the inquest? Because of who was there. A lot there. of people were at it. It was more than six people. It was breaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this was a picnic that was brought up by Henry that never occurred, obviously, because then her body is found. So this was, these were plans in motion. They were going to host friends and have a picnic. Okay. Why do you think the jury in the pub, the drunk jury, thought, ooh, yeah, this is important. Maybe because there were preparations for it or there were no preparations for it, so if she'd prepared for it, then maybe she wasn't, this wasn't, like, obviously wasn't part of the plan to get killed. Um, Yeah, there was no half-baked dough or no, like, apples waiting to be put in a pie and the preparation didn't exist. I'm nodding. You're totally wrong. (laughs) But guys, we're genuinely good at this. We got to take this on the road. Professional. It is professional. Anyway, Hannah, what do you think? Well, yeah, I was thinking that perhaps it's either that the people at the picnic are significant in what comes next, i.e. because somebody, if this goes to court, somebody has to be accused of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we still haven't got the person that we're going to blame. And so far we've got George and we've got Henry, but mm-hmm. I'm not convinced. I think there's a third player here and I think it might be something okay. to do with the people they're going on a picnic with. The reason the picnic was significant is that it was supposed to take place in the very spot where Helen's body was found. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. It was called Thurlston Sands. It was about a mile and a quarter from Helen and Henry's house. And according to Henry, Helen had been anxious about this picnic for several days and was very worried that it would not go well. One more detail included in this inquest. Helen's brother gave testimony to the panel down at the Wolf and Whistle, making big decisions. Her brother stated that it wasn't called the Wolf and Whistle. I made that up, but it... It might as well be. Her brother stated that Helen had lived with him for a few years earlier before she met Henry and that she had complained of a strange man who had come knock at the door late at night and that she had never gotten over the fright of this. Ooh. Just throwing that out there. So she might have a stalker. We don't know. This is what's so like frustrating and interesting about this. Is it's like, wow, they put that detail in, so they thought it was significant, but it's just hanging okay. there. Like No one examines it. No one no, looks what? further into it. Yeah. What was the verdict of this case? Was it declared a suspicious death and were charges filed? Oh, so was the there trial a explanation? just to find out if it was suspicious or not? Just to rule whether it's suspicious, is this a criminal case or is this something else and we'll come up with the explanation and if so what what was that explanation i just think no one wants extra paperwork so if they can't pin it on someone they're going to say it's not suspicious and it really is so much more paper back then isn't it that's all you have wills you can only write so small i mean it just seems utterly mad that this could ever be deemed unsuspicious like i mean mm-hmm. it's 3 a.m if, if she was there in the middle of the day and she's perhaps clapped she's had a heart attack she's something has happened to her then okay middle of the day any death that happens in the middle of nowhere at night time with somebody in their night dress 100 suspicious of course it's suspicious it's this yeah it's like what's that film no, 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 it's not a film. Oh, I thought I could do my thing of just getting information from films again. Damn. Um, it might come to you, and if it does, come back. <laughs> I see it as suspicious because I'm a woman and I don't know whether these 12 men are kind of like 
they like to go for walks, these ladies. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, in the but night. But they'd also be like, these bitches aren't allowed out for walks at 3 a.m. So that would be mm. suspicious in terms of the code of conduct of what was allowed. Ooh. Right. What what decent woman would be out in her nightdress? Yeah. Yeah. They must think something's afoot. Mm. Maybe she was menstruating. I think that's what they think. Mm. Just... And then she has to stay at the edge of the village for seven days. <laughs> How could she walk a mile and a quarter with her peers? Period. Yeah. <laughs> Women are immobilized. by wolves. <laughs> the wolf and whistle. That's what the it's wolf about. and whistle. Ariane, what do you think? I would think it would be deemed suspicious because it's clearly completely unplanned. She didn't mean to leave the house. Yeah. And it's at the exact spot where they were going to have the picnic. How weird is that? That's How a weird, weird is detail, that? isn't it? Yeah. Guys, it was ruled unsuspicious. <gasps> oh, man. No charges wow. were ever filed. This poor woman. Katie, you nailed it a few questions ago. The okay. conclusion that the jury came to was that Helen had been sleepwalking. Right. They concluded that Helen had been so nervous about throwing the picnic. Of course, it's women's hysteria. <laughs> yep, that she went sleepwalking on the beach where it was going to be put like I don't know I bet they're like I bet she was imagining putting the sandwiches out you know how women yeah, are cause you women know how care women about all this fucking shit about tea and stuff yeah she put on you know stockings and also you wouldn't go out without stockings um, the boots but she didn't tie them because although you're like adept enough to put stockings on when you're sleepwalking you can't tie boots see I think <laughs> she was still wearing her stockings when she put her nightie on when the fight started with the husband and then she ran wow. out and put the boots and the jacket on oh. Doc, I'm sorry. No, don't be. I'm not going to say that we've like reopened this case and solved it, but it's possible that we have. So they cited the boots as evidence, but they also questioned several people, including the husband, the brother, and the housekeeper who had actually known her for six years and lived with her for six years. What did the housekeeper say? They asked, was she known to sleepwalk? What do you what think? Did ha- and what was the answer? Oh, we have to guess. That's your response. Well, I go, okay, going on with my story that I've created in my head, this, the yeah. housekeeper said she doesn't sleepwalk. Yeah, I agree. I think she pours cold water on that, and that doesn't tie in with what they think, but they just overrule her and ignore her, because yeah. she's a woman. Mm. HG, any different thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that she probably wouldn't. But then, I, I suppose, how often... I've never known anyone that sleptwalked, so I kind oh, of... I have. Have you? I like. So does it happen regularly? Not that I'm sticking up for this, um, this verdict, but... It happens in times, it does happen in times of stress. Mm. Like I had a friend that really was scared about going on the geography field trip because they went on the geography field trip and they got in somebody else's bed and then everyone said they were a lesbian and whatever. But like, there is a thing that happens. Jesus. I'm going with you guys that I think that the housekeeper said that she never sleptwalked, but they don't really seem very evidence-based, these people, so. Okay. You guys are all right. They all said no. The husband, I mean, even if any of them were covering anything up, Mm -hmm. they certainly didn't answer like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And you can't imagine they knew anything about sleepwalking. They don't know what's going on in the brain. They just know it's a thing. Is that a huge psychological advancement they know about sleepwalking at that point? Well, this is why I personally think this is a very suspicious case that was just never investigated. I'm with you guys. I read this and I was like, this is so fascinating. It's tragic because it really it should have been looked into. There are sleepwalking cases where people have died. Um, So, of course, I went down a different rabbit hole about this. 
Now, here are some inconsistencies. One, sleepwalking usually starts in childhood and not in adulthood. Yeah, it, my, ki- my friend was a kid when it started. Yeah, so it's rare for it to come on this late in life. I think literally all the sleepwalking death cases I found, they were known sleepwalkers. Like, they did it all the time. It was just, like, common knowledge. And also, in all of those cases, the person is either hit by a car or they fall off a really high bridge. It's definitely Mm -hmm. something where there's impact and there's no way they could have woken up. And to me, you don't wander onto a beach, wade into water until you're under it. Still, you don't wake up and you drown yourself. There's no evidence that this was a body that had fallen from a cliff. It just seems like she drowned and it washed up and it just doesn't add up for me. So was it drowning that was the cause of death that we think? They didn't even investigate that, did they? They ruled drowning as the cause of death. I mean, that's the assumption. Well, she was sleepwalking and she drowned. So there was no signs of a blow to the head or any... Okay, that's interesting though. I would have assumed there'd Mm. be trauma on the body, to be fair. But there's also no mention, and again, this wouldn't have been looked into, like, was she assaulted? That's what I'm talking yeah. about, like, evidence of that. But, like, the kind of assault you can't see. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, okay. I just don't know how thoroughly any of this was looked into. So, I think we reopened a case. I think we're about to make a little bit of history in Devon. I'm sorry this was a bit heavy, but you guys are all really smart, and we did a better job than the boys. We did a better job than the 1871 rich boys. (laughs) We're amazing. So we'll never know if this was a tragic sleepwalking accident or something more sinister, but I would like to say... Here's to Helen Balkwell. You would have thrown a great fucking picnic, Helen. Cheers. Drunk women solving crime. It's now time for a listener crime, guys. So here we go. This comes from Felicity. Felicity, thank you for sending this in. My ex-boyfriend and I lived in London and his stern German mother came to visit. I was keen to impress her as she had already made it clear I wasn't good enough for her precious boy. We went for coffee in Notting Hill and I had with me my fake Chanel handbag. I hung it on the back of my chair instead of holding it in my lap. When we came to leave, the bag was gone, along with my phone, purse, and anxiety chocolate. (laughs) to keep me going during her visit. I love that term so much. She said that she saw someone walk close to my chair. Helpful. (laughs) The police said that her description matched half of London. No comment. The cafe hipster. The cafe gave over their CCTV footage, but the London riots broke out the next day. So my case was closed. The Sony factory burning down was understandably a much bigger problem. A week later, I got a Facebook message from someone saying my driving license and loyalty cards had been found on their doorstep, all wrapped neatly in the wrapper of my anxiety chocolate. What? That's not what you do with the wrapper to an anxiety chocolate. (laughs) It seems the thief had ditched everything useless from the bag, which was most of it as I was unemployed at the time. I was reunited with my license, loyalty cards, and a precious photo that I kept in my purse, but my phone money, chocolate, and fake Chanel bag were gone forever. Was this a sure sign I should have ditched him sooner? Should any woman make life that hard for herself to impress a tyrannical German mother? Why did the thief so meticulously wrap everything up and ditch it on a random doorstep? Please help me solve this mystery, drunk women, lots of love. (laughs) Wow. I know. 
know. What a tale. Ariane, was, that, um, was that triggering for you, another uh, <laughs> handbag-related <laughs> no. theft? No, was, if I was a, the thief, I wouldn't have wrapped her stuff in an anxiety chocolate wrapper because those wrappers, like especially, you know, if you think dairy milk and stuff, they take fingerprints really well. Ooh, so you'd have yeah. to wear gloves. And also, why be hey, kind? It's, good thinking. Like, why be, like, offer a little bit of kindness? Why not just put them in a bin if you're going to be immoral enough to take someone's bag? That's which is how all other like yeah thieves ditch stuff all the time like most of our theft stories like if there's any evidence it's just like tossed by the side of the road it's such a a weird or something yeah it's such a weird well that's what i will neatly pack this up sell everything they could sell the chanel fake chanel bag yeah they were obviously just after the bag that's the thing about having a fancy bag or having a imitation fancy bag yeah Mm. is that it makes you look richer than you are and consequently they think there's going to be diamonds in there or something this is why I dress the way I dress, guys. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Anymore. No, that's fine. I love Rockin' Sainsbury's fashion collection. I think it's <laughs> high quality clothing. No one's gonna bother me. Could you imagine that? It'd be so, I could just imagine some like some robber coming up to my table to look, have a look at my bag, and then just going, nah, and then just walking off again. <laughs> yeah. I just feel super bad for her. I also, I know not just one, but two other people who have tyrannical German mothers-in-law. <laughs> I just feel so bad that, like, this was part of her, like, look, I'm so put together, and she had her, like, bag that she was yeah. happy with. I even, for time, I cut out a very important line, I'm realizing. She put the bag on the back of her chair because she didn't want to appear, like, materialistic. Like, oh, I'm so attached to this showy. bag. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing. And that, actually, I should have kept that in. Wow. Which just killed oh, me. Yeah, because in London, I literally do keep my bag on my lap yeah. like I am that Yeah, crazy. I look yeah. like someone that doesn't live in London that's really scared of London, but I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> oh, no going to rob me. I yeah. always remember um, on the island, this old lady that I knew, she'd had her handbag stolen. And a few months later... Um, what had obviously happened is someone had stolen it and then thrown it in a bush because there wasn't really any, all that was in there was like her diary and some Werther's originals and oh. like you know just <laughs> shit like that and loads of tissues but they'd thrown it into a bush and a badger set had used all the stuff to like make its like oh. uh, make its little a home oh. and I just love the idea of like these badgers turning up at like places in her diary and stuff or like <laughs> or that the badgers had done it but it's such an Isle of Wight way of kind of getting your stuff back and going like oh, I, I guess I'll leave it like, <laughs> that's so cute that's yeah. Really yeah it was a setup hey. um, come on <laughs> I think they had a bit of remorse I think that actually if you're savvy enough to recognize a label you're also savvy enough to realize oh this is a knockoff but I'll take what I can get Ooh. and I feel kind of bad because I targeted somebody who doesn't have a real Chanel bag oh, so this okay. little wrap up thing was sort of like a remorseful and I ate your chocolate because I also really like chocolate oh. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's a a robber with a moral code. Also, like, how anxiety-ridden must you be as somebody that steals handbags for a living? He deserved that chocolate, because I would be super anxious. He's got his own anxiety. (laughs) Well, I would. I would have tummy aches every day. Yeah, quite right. I think we at least reinforced the breakup of that story, if not solving the crime. (laughs) We profiled the guy. We've had a busy night, so all that's left to ask is, Arion, tell us what you've got going on, please. Oh, wow, well, I've got a book out called How to Live to 100, which tells you how to live to 100. Um, I've, I've written it with a consultant in public health. 
And he's looked at a hundred different things from like green tea to sex to sweeteners to gardening and Whoa. how they affect life expectancy. And then he's provided... But what should we all be doing? I've interrupted <laughs> Or what should we be avoiding? Because I think you have a Charlie Brooker quote on the book, don't yeah. you? And he's like, unfortunately, yeah. this is a really helpful book. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing that I do is dye my hair and that's linked to breast cancer in women. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> God, I know. I, it's, it's dark hair dye that's the problem. It's not blonde hair dye. So, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but there's um, uh, yeah, all kinds wow. of amazing findings. Like you should you should have sex twice a week. Um, but any more than that, wow. that and it's counterproductive. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, so twice a week. Yeah, we don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I sounded a little bit too blown away because, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm in the limit, but why? Why? Yeah. We don't know. Is it harmful? Is it harmful, though, to go over that? I'm um, just it... my 27-year-old self. Well, yeah, can I just say to all the women listening, feel free to just tell your husbands and boyfriends whatever you want to believe. It's fine. Like, oh, I read this book and it said more than once every two months is too many. So. Yeah. Or it also, said you have to this... fuck me all the time because that's what I would prefer. <laughs> Is this like heteronormative research as well? Like, is this just like man and woman or is it is it universal? I think that study was um, just straight couples, but um, he has okay. looked into gay partnerships and to, regarding longevity. So it's um, some interesting findings in the book. There's like wow. loads of research. Um, so, yeah, you're married. So that's good. That's always been associated that's gonna be with worse the longer women. No. Like, men live longer if they're married and women live shorter if that's no. the fact I remember. Is that wrong? Has that yeah, been updated? Tell us. Tell it's, us. Still, it's, it's got more benefits for men, but it's got some benefits for women as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also having kids is good. Having kids extends a man's life by two years and a woman's life by a year. So Yeah, it's, but this is a lot of stuff that's better for men. What can we be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not dyeing your hair, Dark Katie. No. <laughs> All right. No more brown hair dye in the next lockdown for me. Drink green tea. Green tea is great drink coffee so, don't drink them it together. really is that good for you yeah it's really good green for you tea. well the japanese wow. live so much longer than we do and yeah. uh we think it's because they drink loads of green tea they eat fish they don't eat meat not much meat okay yeah they eat, yeah they eat funny mushrooms and um, they eat lots of vegetables, but they also um, keep themselves active and, and they're very social. So they have these communities, they do a lot of gardening um, and yeah, they eat natural food from scratch. Um, this is yeah. the opposite of my life. <laughs> oh, see, I, like think, everything. I think community is a big deal too. Mm, definitely. Really yeah. around to that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm, wow, that is super fascinating. And you must have yeah. had so much fun just sort of gathering all these facts and data. Has it has it made you change the way that you live your life? Um, like, have you made changes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I exercise a lot more than I did because exercise is like the number one thing you can do for longevity. So people who run ultra marathons, live longer than people who run marathons on average oh. yeah like and by the end of their life their body might be completely knackered but they will still be alive past like the rest of us so okay. yeah I feel that, that that's just because they're show off so <laughs> watch how old I can get yeah. Yeah. look what people that aren't overachievers what can yeah. we do <laughs> I green tea now. anyone can drink green tea we can all do that we can all do that's true I did drink green tea yeah and, okay. and drink coffee as well because coffee's linked to longevity yeah I love that I gave up coffee years ago just because 
makes me really anxious. <laughs> me too. Um, anxiety chocolate. <laughs> but I just love that it's kind of come back and they finally did proper research because everybody was always like, give up coffee, give up coffee. And then I love that it was something like, hey, wait, coffee is yeah, actually good for you. Yeah. I love when that happens. <laughs> you can have waiting, again. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for them to do that with like fondue. They're like, eat as much fondue as you can. Like melt <laughs> cheese on fucking everything. Bring back <laughs> opium. Come on, why stop yeah. there? <laughs> I am launching my debut pop album next year. It's called Bitter and it's about an ex-boyfriend. And um, my pop star name is Ariane X and I'm going to be launching lots of videos on YouTube and it's going to be super fun and I'm really excited about the songs I'm producing. So... February 21? Yeah, that's right. That's February, 20. February, February 21. 21. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's coming up. That's soon. Is there a song called Pork? there's no song song called pork b-side baby b-side i say my music sounds like if um the pet shop boys had a threesome with lady gaga which would never happen i don't think that would ever happen but (laughs) yes she's got better things to do but that's a very that's a very good thing thank you so much ariane sheree Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 